Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sovereign Projector podcast. My name is Heather. I am your host and friend. And as always, I'm so grateful to have you here spending this little chunk of your internet time with me. Um, I know there's so much content out there for everybody to choose from. So the fact that you are either by choice or accidentally listening along, it means the absolute world. Um, So today we are speaking about something, I guess you could say very close to my heart and very important to me. And so I'm actually a little bit nervous to talk about this. I have not like had butterflies in my stomach before recording something. I reckon for, I mean, really since I started podcasting, to be honest, like, you know, now just to record in general, like I know when I first started, I was like super nervous and whatever, but now just to record in general, it doesn't feel like a big deal, right? I just feel like I'm, I think I forget that people listen to it, to be totally honest. Um, but I want to give this topic the respect and I guess like serious nature that it deserves. Oops, I just dropped my earring. Um, because it is really important. And it's also, I guess I have a couple of disclaimers. Number one, I'm not an expert on addiction or anything along those lines. Um, number two, I'm not giving advice at all. I think you guys, if you've been listening for a while, you know by now that, especially because I'm a three, five in human design, um, everything I share is just what, what, what worked for me, what happened for me, my story along the way. And if people learn from it, that's great. But like, I'm not really like instructionally telling you how to live your life or anything like that. This is just my journey with alcohol that we're talking about today, if you didn't discern that from the title. Um, But yeah, so (laughs) I usually like we'll have a more like I'm going to try and be much more serious than I usually am in this episode. You know, I I like to have a joke. I like to make a laugh with myself. Um, And I really have achieved that because I've been like teaching, you know, for this year, really teaching astrology and human design. And I really have, I feel achieved that teacher skill of laughing at your own jokes, just like standing up the front of the class and telling jokes to yourself and laughing at your own jokes. And I really feel that, that that's, that's my energy. That's why I've been writing lately, but this is the first thing I'm doing today. So I haven't really, I just like went for a walk I'm not tired. I've got my full energy to give to this important topic. Um, So that's like the little precursor. I think there may be other precursors that come up as we go along. Uh, But we, I mean, it's not to say we're not going to have fun today. It's just that I didn't want to bring my usual like jokey attitude that I do bring because I know that this is a really important topic and it's something I'm super passionate about too. So probably one of the things I'm most passionate about actually, even though I don't really speak about it that much. That's why this is so important to me to give the energy and attention that this topic deserves. Okay. Um, before that we have like uh, course and class announcements. Um, the evolutionary astrology reader training is starting in two weeks, a couple of weeks from today. Um, so if you want to join us for this round Um, of the evolutionary astrology reader training um, and study with me it's always so much fun I love teaching this class so much because 
we get to read each other's charts, we get to hang out, we get to see this information um, really apply in each other's lives. And yeah, it's incredible. So, and it's always the coolest people that come together. So if you are interested, that link will be in the show notes. Um, and that's it, I believe. Um, I'm also like, so this is, I'm also moving out of my house in two weeks, really two weeks today. Well, I'm moving out in about a week and a day. Well, all my stuff is moving out in a week. Um, I'm, I've like, you know, booked my storage unit. It's all set. Everything's ready to go. Hopefully we're actually, it's very stressful trying to organize a storage unit. It's been way harder than organizing absolutely anything else to do with the move. So that's a whole other story, but I think we're finally sorted. Maybe we'll see. I just like sent through another bunch of forms. So hopefully they tell me, yes, you've filled out all the forms you need to right now. But yeah, so all my stuff is moving out next Friday and then I essentially have to teach my human design class, which will be sitting on the floor because all my furniture will be gone. So that'll be fun. Um, Little like, you know, rustic vintage style class teaching where we're just cross-legged on the floor. It's like we're five-year-olds again. Anyway, then I have a few days in between then and when I'm flying to Cairns again. So yes, I just got back from Cairns, but I'm flying back up, except I'm flying back up with no responsibilities. I will be moving out of my house, moving everything into a storage unit. There are so many reasons for this. Essentially, I got home and after really one night of being home, I was like, I'm too young to live the life of a 75-year-old woman. And really the only antidote for me living like a 75 year old woman, because I get so comfy cozy in my routines of like not doing much at all when I'm at home is to go exploring, go adventuring. So that's what we're doing more to come. Um, but yeah, so it is a very busy time in my life right now. Uh, when I say busy, I mean, there's things I need to do and you know, more and more things that I need to just stop putting off, like cleaning this house and figuring out where all the things that are not going into storage are going to go. Anyway, that is neither here nor there. Um, So where do I even want to start? I want to talk, I think we're going to talk like progressionally, you know, starting with my relationship when I was a kid, teenager, um, young adult, and me now, 28 and a half years old. So growing up, I mean, I grew up in an Australian family who lacked drinking, like drinking is the, like, is the culture, like as terrible as that is, I think it's the same in a lot of places. Like when you get together with people, you drink, like that's just the go. And even when you're not getting together with people, you still drink. It's just like, it's, it's getting more and more normal to not drink every time you go out but like still that's like what you do you know anyway so there are photos if I was recording this for YouTube I did go through a stage of recording these for YouTube but I don't know it's just easier for me to talk without having to worry about video as well anyway so if if I was that's what I was gonna say if I was recording this I would show you guys photos of me there are so many photos of me when I was literally two or three just like 
holding a champagne bottle, like pretending to scull a beer, like while naked in the sink, you know? So I was brought up in a family that drunk a lot, essentially. Um, and that's really just like on my dad's side, actually. So my mom is the only drinker in her family. Um, her sisters don't really, which is interesting, but yeah, for whatever reason, mum, both my mum and dad, like both of my parents, very heavy drinkers. Anyway, it was just like normal to me. You know, you don't really second guess these things. And it was like, this is the thing is that like, it was never, I'm like, it wasn't a problem. And, you know, they'll say as much as they like, like, oh, we're not alcoholics, but we, we will get to where it becomes a problem later, but it's not like it was ever a problem. And it was just normal. It was just what's done. It's just like every day we drink. Anyway, obviously not me. I was three or four, whatever. Anyway, so that was growing up. <clears throat> and when did I start drinking? I mean, I probably got to have my first sip of alcohol when I was like 12 or something at, at Christmas. You know, you'd have like half a glass of champagne or whatever at Christmas time. Um, but in terms of like socially drinking, it was started quite late it was probably when I was like 15 or 16 um and it was cool it was what everybody did and so you just get the pack of four pack of cruises and you go to your friend's house and you just like get drunk and you get those like dyed pink tongues that are just the most iconic like you know early 2000s teen tween look because everyone knows you've been drinking your raspberry cruises just great just fabulous anyway they're they're so gross um my body could handle it so well so I would be so curious as to what actually my liver was up to back then why why it was so rock solid because and that was the problem is that like okay this is where I want to talk about the difference between like addiction and like being an addictive person and also like being an extreme person. I think there is like such a fine line. And I think so many people will say about a lot of things, alcohol included, like I'm not addicted to it. But to me, and this is something that I've really been, you know, conceptualizing lately is like, if I can't say no to something, I'm addicted to it. And so even though I would only drink socially in social situations, the fact that I couldn't go to a social situation, you know, we were still 16, so we'd still like have days where we didn't drink. But like if we were going to a party or whatever and everyone was drinking, I couldn't go or yeah, I couldn't have a good time if I wasn't drinking. And so to me, that's an addiction and it's something that got worse over time because I lost control over this substance in that um, I couldn't say no to it and I couldn't say stop or pause as well to it. And that was the problem is that because I had this, seemed to have this like a razor sharp liver, strong stomach, I didn't throw up from alcohol till I was 23. No, it was a bit younger than that, 22. But like I drank a lot. Um, like bottles, bottles and bottles and bottles. Like I used to get thrown out of bars and stuff because I was too drunk. Anyway, 
that was like, I wanted to test it. I want to like push the bounds. I wanted to be good at something, you know, and it turned out that my skill, my gift was being able to drink a lot and not throw up (laughs) or not get sick. Right. And this was a very dangerous thing for a projector who is, of course, just looking for validation for something in her life because she feels useless at everything else. And here she has this super skill that nobody else has. And so I like pushed the bounds of it. And again, that that is why it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Um, it was really in year 12. Uh, so that's like the last year of high school here in Australia. So I was 17 turning 18. That's where it got really bad. Um, and that, yeah, so that was where I really started to lose any sovereignty over this substance, any control over my relationship with this substance. Um, Cause yeah, that's that like extremes sort of part of, of being addictive, right? That's why, yeah, that's why I don't know about this notion of like having an addictive personality. Yes, there are people myself included, who are more subject to losing control over something and like losing that sovereignty over something. Uh, But it's still addiction. Like it's still anytime you have lost control over anything in any way, I think it's an addiction because you're no longer totally in the driver's seat of your own life. And that was the problem is that I wasn't at all in the driver's seat of my relationship with alcohol and I didn't know how to have just one or to like just enjoy a beverage when I was drinking I was drinking to get drunk right that was like the goal that was like (laughs) which is just so like when I look back on it now I'm just like that's not a goal like how like what I just don't understand but that was like always the goal it was like we drink to get drunk you know and if you're not having a good time then you just need to drink more Um, and yeah, you can't just like go to a bar and like have one simple drink. It's like, no, we need to like get totally off our faces. Um, and so, yeah, then I turned 18 and all of a sudden I could buy my own alcohol and now I had access to, to like the world, right? Now I could have whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, as much as I wanted, um, and could actually like start going to bars and like start going to clubs. And again, it was just, I don't know, I know I've spoken about this part in my life before, so it doesn't feel super necessary to cover again, but I just, I'm highlighting the fact that like, I just had no control over it. There was absolutely no part of me that had sovereignty and two reasons, I think, that people in that age group are so susceptible to fall into the trap of losing control over a substance. And for me... This was, yes, one was escapism, Um, but above that, actually, for me, really, at this point in my life, right, 18, 19, I was pretty happy in my everyday life. Um, This was pre, like, the majorly traumatic relationship of my life, and so I wasn't, like, it's not like, you know, I'm in a super good place, and yeah, I was totally unconscious and whatever, but... But it wasn't really about escapism. It was more to fit in and to not feel so awkward. And so I think especially for like starseeds or like just people who just have never felt like they belong in this earth, like myself, I 
could I didn't know how to have a conversation with the people in my life without being drunk. That was the only time I felt I had anything to say to them. And mostly that was because I knew that we could just like be silly for a few hours and then we would get to a club and start dancing and the music would be too loud to to talk anyway. So I wouldn't have to think of things to say or like feel the empty air because again, I just felt so different and so isolated and like I had nothing to communicate with these strange humans about. These strange humans I like I went to high school with and then you know you just end up going around in a posse together because I don't know you're thrown together in this space right but we had not really a lot in common except for the drinking and so that's really what it was for me right drinking to fit in um and again it, it was definitely an addiction because I couldn't live my life or have a conversation without it. Okay, so there was that. Um, what was I going to talk about next? I mean, that was literally just like a loop for three or four years where I was just like drink a lot. Um, and yeah, I've spoken about this, but just because I had no control over it and I couldn't stop when I started and would, you know, get to that point of like blacking out. Right. Um, and, and not remembering a single thing when I woke up the next morning, just far too many mornings of having to text my friends, be like, Hey, are we still friends? Hey, sorry about last night. Um, hope we're all good, et cetera, because I would just make bad decisions and be a terrible friend. And, you know, a lot has been spoken about now in spiritual community. It's good that we're bringing attention to this, that when you drink, you literally leave that seat of consciousness, right? It's literally a consciousness altering substance. And so when we do that, and if you do it from a place where you are lacking sovereignty and you're not able to stay grounded in your own body when you are drinking, there is that propensity and that ability for other beings or other forms of consciousness, lower astral forces to then take over some aspect of your consciousness, your body, and you literally like leave your consciousness and something else takes over. Thus, of course, you can't remember what you did the next morning because it wasn't you doing it, you were being controlled and <clears throat> moved by these other forces, these these beings outside of you, right? Why why do you think they call it spirits? You know? Um because it it blurs those lines between the 3D reality that we reside in and the veil. Um, and because you have left that seat of sovereignty within your own consciousness, you don't really get a choice as to what beyond the veil comes in. Um, it's why bars now give me the creepiest feeling because I can just sense all those like lower astral beings just floating around waiting to pop into someone and, and give him the idea that it'd be a really great idea to like make terrible choices and, and be violent or whatever it is. <sighs> Um, and so I do wonder if like the, the ongoing progression of this, of being just more and more infiltrated by beings that were not my own consciousness and, and having these decisions made that were not fully my own, um, added to then the increasing like sadness and depression and anxiety that started to build up in my early twenties and would only intensify over the next few years. Um, when... I, 
when did I actually stop? So I got together with, with my boyfriend who I've spoken about on here before, right? That, that six planets in Scorpio fella, um, 21, 22, I think. And he didn't drink. He wasn't a drinker. Um, and so I think I started slowing down around then, but it was still like, I had no control over it when I did. And whenever we did hang out with my old friends from high school, again, I had, it was just getting like, my social awkwardness was just getting worse and worse and worse, uh, the more that we went on. So again, like whatever, I don't want to go too deeply into this, but it was always, yeah, it was always there. When... And so for a good chunk of time, I think it was on my 21st. I want to say on my 21st where it was just a hot mess and don't want to go into the details, but it was that morning. Actually, it was probably that night because that morning I woke up and started doing tequila shots again at like eight in the morning. Um, But that night I was like, that's it. No more. Right. And so that was really the first moment when I sort of started taking back some of that power over alcohol and said, you know what? No more. But it was probably in... And so, yeah, the entire length of our relationship, um, I drank a lot less and, but I still don't think that there was much sovereignty there because like if, if I got pressured into it or if everybody else was drinking, then I would too. And it was always like, I don't want people to like, that was the thing is that like, I didn't want people to judge me for not drinking and (laughs) people never ask like when you go to parties and stuff, or even if you just like having lunch with a bunch of people, people would never ask like, oh, why are you drinking? You know, why are you having a beer? But me sitting there with my lemon lime bitters, people would be like, oh, you're driving or like, oh, why aren't you drinking kind of thing? So it was always like, I just didn't want that attention on me. And then having to explain or in my head, it was like, it felt like I was, or they were thinking, I was thinking I was better than them for not drinking. Because again, that was like the family culture, right? If you want to be a part of this family, you drink. Um, and like the friendship culture too. If you want to be a part of this friendship group, like you drink, you don't make us feel bad about our decisions. Uh, you know, we don't want to look at this whole alcohol thing and like, you know, whatever. Anyway, just, just wait for what's to come. Um, and then again, yeah, just drinking less and less. I wish I could remember the exact date or the exact time when I actually stopped completely, but I know it was about probably two and a half years ago maybe three years ago I want to no it was probably longer it was probably like the start of 2000 and oh my god yes I remember okay it was the start of 2018 because that was the summer which again I've spoken about on here before when I worked for this really terrible boss this like abusive um boss and he completely shot my self-confidence to absolutely zero and I it was January February I could barely get out of bed um, it was then that I stopped drinking because the anxiety and the depression was so bad. And yeah, my mental health was just in such a state that I knew if I take, took literally any mind altering drugs, I, that was when I quit caffeine too, because I just could not, I had no control over, like, it just made me so sick. Like the second that I, ugh. I can't, I have no idea what was wrong with me at that time. I think it was just like severe spiritual, emotional, mental, physical burnout. Um, there was probably several things contributing to it, but that's 
majorly what it was. And so anytime I had even just like a sip of alcohol, it was like, I just left my body. Like I just left my body for the entire day. I was not present on the earth. And maybe that's what been happening for the last five, six years that I had been drinking. But finally I was aware of it. I was conscious of it. I was noticing it. I was like, that does not feel good. I don't want to do that anymore. And I just quit cold turkey. Like that, like that summer. So the summer going into 2018, remember summer has had a different point in the year for us in the southern hemisphere so this was like January February of 2018 that was like a massive turning point for me in my life because that was when I finally started to take care of myself like this boss you know was not a nice person but was that motivating factor that pushed me to breaking point um and got me to that, I think like real rock bottom where I was like, wow, I'm not going to like, I need to bring myself back from this. Like I really need to tend to myself. I really need to turn, like take care of my inner child. Like I really need to become my own mother right here because I'm broken. Right. And you know, we're never broken, but that's truly what it felt like. And so it was that, that month that I stopped drinking altogether didn't have a sip for two years, probably over two years, and had to face all those initiations where I was with my family. And this is where I really started to notice, right, because I had taken back power and control over this substance. I finally noticed how little control, in particular, my mum has over this substance, And so this is where I would say like, yes, they say they're not alcoholics, but she has no control over it. And this is what frightens me and what really reinforced the fact that I had to get control back over it um, was the 5 p.m. on the dot every day glass of wine poured and there have been times where I've watched her try to cut down to only drinking three nights a week or only drinking four nights a week and not being able to do that and that's where I see okay you don't think this is an addiction but anything you don't have have control over to me is an addiction and I don't want that for myself and I refuse to have that for myself I refuse to let anything have that much power over me to give my power to anything like that And it was through this two-year chunk of time where I had to face that family feedback of like, hey, you are doing something differently than the way that we raised you. And that makes us question. I was living out of home at the time, uh, this entire stretch of time. So it was a lot easier, but even just like going to family gatherings and times when we'd all get together, et cetera, um, you know, hey, you're making us question our life choices just you know, not because I was saying anything. I wasn't like saying, oh, drinking is bad. It was literally just by me refusing a a glass, right? If we ordered a bottle of wine for the table, just saying like, no, thank you. I'll get like a soda water or whatever. Um, That was offensive and like triggering because it brings up that, oh, here's someone from our family who has found the power to say no. And that is very confronting. Um when when you think like no I'm a slave to this substance so that was a really like it was a really good two years like it showed me a lot about myself it taught me a lot about myself it taught me a lot about my family and the conditioning that I had grew up in 
um, it taught me a lot about how much power I do have. And it really like taught me how to get power back over anything. Because I think that if we can, if we can get our power back over something like alcohol, which we as humans are literally slaves to more or less, we can get our power back over anything. It really reminded me and showed me just how powerful I was and how easy it is when you are determined to break addictive change, to to break addictive patterns. When I say easy, I think that like making the decision is the hardest part. You know, all of, once I had that resolve, and maybe that's just like a Scorpio thing, but it's also like it's available to everyone. Like once you can find that resolve, like, no, this is not something I do. No, I don't drink at all. It's so much easier um, to actually put that into place and to have those conversations, those potentially confronting, triggering conversations where people are confronted by the very fact that you've learned to say no to something they didn't think they could say ever say no to. And you living in a different way to them provides that, that, yeah, internal feedback for them where they have to be like, oh, I'm not as powerless as I thought I was over this. And what does that say about me? And this entire time of my life, like this two-year period between really the end of 2017, well, yeah, the start of 2018 to 2020 in general was, especially like through 2018 and all of 2019, was really such a huge time for me of just healing my body, healing my heart and healing my soul. Like it was, you know, if you have listened to other bits and pieces of my story or whatever, um, like it was building up for a long time. And that summer where I had that abusive boss was really just like the pressure cooker that just like exploded everything in my face. And I got all of those burnouts. And so this two year period where I didn't drink at all, um, I was eating super healthy, like the proper like you know farmer's market organic um vegetables like balanced macros etc like it was just you know I didn't have sugar didn't have dairy didn't barely have gluten um is when I started studying naturopathy and nutrition as well so obviously that was yeah and I started going to especially in 2019 um when I had more disposable income I started going to see different healers Um, working with a naturopath and just getting my body back and then you know I was seeing like spiritual healers and also hugely on my own path during this time as well of getting my soul back Um, you know the whole like every everything right just everything getting my heart back getting my soul back reconnecting to myself and and my purpose on this planet and you know as cheesy it is like why why was I here and what was I here for um and I lived by myself for a good chunk of this time I lived with my sister for a good chunk of this time as well but it was very quiet I I was very internal a lot of the time very self-reflective etc and it really was such a special time <laughs> um, as much as like I look back and think like, wow, nothing really happened. Like it's because everything was happening internally 
during this time, all the alchemical changes, they were yet to show on the outside. Um, but yeah, I really got my heart, soul and body back during this two year time. And then it would have been, yeah, probably almost exactly two years later when my family came again, my sister and I were living by the beach at this time. Um, it was probably around about the time I just started this podcast actually, when my family came down to stay with us. Um, and we're not like in our house, but stay in the area and like hang out with us. And we went out for lunch and I was like, I'm going to have a glass of wine. And I just did it. And it didn't feel like a big deal. I obviously after not drinking for two years (laughs) and like my body being so pure, um, from all like the healthy eating and whatever, I got wasted in about three sips. It was actually great, like crazy how dizzy and like, wow, I got. I was like, wow, okay, cool. Um, got to take it very gently from now on. But that was it. That was the turning point because that was a point that I realized and maybe not exactly then, but that was a point that I realized. I was like, oh, I don't have to live by this exact rule of like, I don't drink at all, right? Um, or like that I'm totally sober or that what, whatever it was. It was just a point where I was like, hmm, I can have a drink if I feel like it. Like the sun is out. I'm feeling good. I'm in like a great mood. I have hugely taking control back over my mental health and I know that I can stop now and that was really what I've been working with for the last like year is just noticing more and more that difference now is that I can go to social events no matter who it's with and I can say no if I want to And I can go to social events no matter who it's with and I can have a drink if I feel like it, even if they're not drinking and feel no shame around that, right? Like if I was hanging out with like spiritual people who don't drink um, or whatever, they're like, no, we just do drugs, whatever. Um, (laughs) Then I could have a drink and not let it mean anything about me um, and not like feel that shame of like, oh, no one else was drinking. I should, right? Because it's like, if I want to, then I'll like have a cider or whatever. And I can go to any social event and have one literally just for the taste and be able to stop. And so that was when I really realized. And again, it's an evolving relationship. My relationship with alcohol is an evolving relationship. It's one that I am actually really regularly still checking in with and making sure that I'm still in the driver's seat of this relationship. Um, just realizing that it no longer controls me. I have control over it, which is such an incredible space to be in for me. I think that was the true purpose behind having to quit for two years was literally just coming to a place where I can say no when I want to. Um, I can say stop when I want to, and I can be the one making the choices. Yeah just realizing that I do have choices and also just like it being fun and surprising and me never knowing because I am that that splenic as well right that's my authority as my spleen like I never know what's gonna happen like I never know like until I get to a social event like if I'm going to have a drink or have five drinks or just like have a sip or if I'm going to not have a drink at all and I'm going to sit there drinking my like 
carrot and ginger juice and just like looking smugly at all of the peasants, right? <clears throat> just because I don't feel judged when I drink and nobody else does doesn't mean that I can't, you know, pretend to judge other people. Obviously, I don't really, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, and so that's the fun of it, right? Is that like I literally never know what's going to happen when I leave the house now, like at least when it comes to the alcohol piece. And then I think the last thing to say is that like this last like holiday that I've been on when I went on my my trip a couple of weeks ago and just actually like getting drunk for the first time in maybe even since my 21st right or maybe maybe a few years after that um but again even in the process of being drunk like practicing my grounding like the fact that I now have these spiritual meditative tools that I can bring to something that was once like oh once I have this glass of wine then I have no control over my actions and I don't know who I'm gonna call I don't know what decisions I'm gonna make I don't know if I'm gonna get sad right that's yeah that's another thing that I didn't talk about like one of the big reasons like why I had to stop drinking totally for two years during that time I was healing was because I didn't want like, because I was like working my way through like my traumatic relationship and and other like things that had happened in my life. I didn't want that to be like surfacing in a time or space when I wasn't safe, right? When I wasn't like cozy in my home, Um, which, you know, when you start drinking alcohol, you sort of can lose control over again, those like, uh, like that control over your consciousness. And so the fact that now, um, I, yeah, I have these tools where I can like ground in my body while I'm like doing a tequila shot and stay in my mind and stay in my consciousness, like, and still be having fun and know that point where it's like, wow, I'm like, you know, drunk and this is so fun, but I haven't lost control. Um, I'm still in the driver's seat of my emotions. I'm not like crying under a table helplessly or like texting everyone, every person I know, just asking for love, right? It's actually fun now. And that I think was such a takeaway from this trip. Like obviously there was so many takeaways from this trip, but just that everything right there's nothing in life that we have to take so seriously and so hardcore all we need to do again this is my truth all I needed to do was get control over it regain control over it and it doesn't rule me anymore and now I don't have to take it so seriously I no longer have to have a rule of like I don't drink I don't drink to get drunk um you know, I don't drink at all. I don't drink around these sorts of people. Da, 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 da. All I needed was to know I am fully in control of this substance. And if at any point during my life, I feel like there's another two years where I want to stop completely, I can do that, right? (sighs) Okay. I think that's pretty much everything I want to speak about. So, I actually, like, I don't really have, like, a takeaway message because, like I said, this is really just a reflection of my own experiences and you guys can play with it and dance with it however you like. Like, the main, okay, all right, I lied. The main takeaway message is just, like, assess, if you like, like, have a look at 
anything in your life that you're not in the driver's seat of that has more control over you than you do over it, whether that's like, you know, maybe your bank balance or your your job or like your mental health or alcohol or drugs or whatever it is, right? Just like having a look at what has more control over you than you do over it and how can you like get back in the driver's seat of that aspect of your life because hmm, that's that's what sovereignty is really is just like being able to make the choices you want to make when you want to make them and knowing they come from you and not like condition responses or um trying to be something that you're not etc okay so hopefully this has been an enjoyable episode I did have a lot of fun recording it and I will speak to you guys next week